Thanks for joining us. We love getting to share the message of God's grace with the entire world. If his message has impacted your life, would you share your testimony with us by emailing it to stories at graceorlando.com. We love to hear what God is up to. You can also give in support of this ministry by going to our website and clicking on the Give button at graceorlando.com. Thanks again. Hey, uh, this morning we're going to jump back into this series on Galatians. We're, uh, I'm really, really excited about this morning. We are going to talk about what it means to be an heir through God. I mean, we just, we just sat here singing about it for a while now, and it's, and it's awesome to really see it in Scripture and to see that you and I are heirs not to God, not heirs from God, heirs through God, okay? And we're going to look at what that means this morning. Father, I pray this morning that you would speak to our hearts, God, that you would show us Oh, man, a whole new dimension of just how awesome you are. God, reveal your goodness to us in a whole new way. Lord, we thank you so much for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you've not been with us for a few weeks, uh, we are doing a series on Galatians where we're looking at this letter uh, that Paul wrote these churches, where he was writing them and he was explaining all of these different things that you and I know very well every single day because of where we live. Uh, but they didn't. They didn't understand these things. And in the very beginning of this series, in case you missed it, because this, this subject today has to do with it as well, uh, we, we talked about these two trees, a tree of life and a tree of knowledge of good and evil, these, these, these two places, right, that kind of appear all throughout Scripture, these two ideas that Paul even talks about in the very beginning of this letter where he says there is no other gospel. Like it's only the tree of life and what it represented, right? It was Jesus, and we see Jesus now. And so anything other than that, is really pointless, is really of no value. And so we talked about the gospel of grace. We talked about the truth of that gospel, that you've been sanctified from birth. Man, do not let anybody convince you that you are somehow not with God at all times. He said he would never leave you or forsake you, which means you are sanctified. You are absolutely sealed with the Spirit, and that's never, ever going to change. And we heard from Pastor Clark on that. He talked about the unchangeable covenant. He talked about uh, how we have all of this thanks to a promise by God. Oh, man, how many of you are thankful it's not because of a promise that you made? <laughs> right? No, it's a promise that he made, and so we enjoy that. And so part six was don't be stupid. So based on that, uh, don't buy me. Uh, just don't be stupid, okay? And then number seven we talked about last week, the proof, the proof of one, the idea that all of us can be one even if we all disagree on pretty much everything. Like we can still all be a family, and I love that. We can be heirs through God, and we're going to look at that this morning. But although we are all children of God, those of us that believe we've become children of God, that doesn't mean everyone's mature, does it? I can tell you I had very immature seasons in my life. Okay, and as a believer, there were times where I was still trying to understand certain things, and I was, I was if you will, uh, looking through things through very elementary principles or ideas. I was, I was looking at things through, well, I just came out of the world, and now I'm a Christian, and I'm learning things. And, and the people that I met and, and, and taught me taught me more of the basics, you know? And sometimes you need the basics, and sometimes you need to raise the bar a little bit, don't you? When you got a young person, and they're growing, and they're learning, sometimes you need to show them the truth. And Jesus is the bar. I mean, he shows you. This is, this, is, this is what maturity looks like, is Christ, and we have that within us. Now, the Judaizers, they, they were freaking out about this. And in fact, anybody who loves the law, any of your friends who they're concerned that you're coming to Grace Church, you know, because they, they just really want you to focus in on that law and clean up your act and all that stuff, if you do that, you will have this weird fear. And this weird fear is that uh, if you don't use the law, how else are you going to mature? Like, that's the fear is, well, how else are you going to grow up? Don't you need to have it in front of your face more often so that you can grow? But look at what Paul says as we kick off Galatians chapter 4. 
Verse 1. Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he is owner of everything. Did you know that you own everything, by the way? This is what that says, that you are the owner of everything. But you're under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. Okay, the law was a tutor to bring us to Christ. And what a tutor was in this day and age was typically a slave that was in, entrusted with uh, the child of a very rich person. And that person said, look, I want you to raise them. I want you to teach them the rights and the wrongs. I want you to uh, feed them and bathe them. And the whole thing, that you couldn't go anywhere without the tutor. You, you couldn't go to the, your friend's house. I mean, everywhere you went, this person was with you and watching you and, and, and training you and, and what was right, if you will. <laughs> Here's the thing is that what the Judaizers were doing was saying, that even though you are now a believer, you still need that tutor. You still need the one to walk with you and to show you that you need to obey certain things, that you need to see things through a certain uh, lens, if you will. Let me, let me give you an example. I don't feel like I'm making any sense. Uh, when, we're, when you're in a church, one of the first things you find out if you come into to most churches is uh, there are rules. How many of you guys have experienced the rules? And I'm not talking about just like be nice to each other and that kind of stuff. I'm talking about like, hey, you can't go on a mission trip because you did this, okay? Like the rules. Like uh, we, we, I remember having people that would tell me that basically it's easier. They admit it. It's easier to have a rule that just kind of encompasses everybody, right? That's how we, our world works is we like a rule that just sort of covers all of the bases. Rather than have to deal with this individually or relationally, we just like a law, if you will, okay? And this is kind of the way that we are uh, wired. Now, let me demonstrate this point this morning. Now, nobody freak out. Uh, don't worry. Don't worry. I didn't buy this, okay? This was not bought by me. <laughs> but I want to demonstrate a point this morning, okay? Whether <laughs> this is not the coronavirus, by the way. You're fine. I, I did have to have a little fun with that. But, but um, look, whether, whether or not, uh, let me first off tell you, I'm not going to drink this, so nobody freak out, okay? But the thing is, is this, is that for some people in this room, I know right now, there's a little anxiety going on. Like, does he have a beer on the stage right now? Some of you all are like, that's the worst beer ever, man. Like, what are you doing? Like, like there's, there's so many different ideas about this bottle up here, this thing. It represents other things. Some of us had abusive parents and, and, and painful experiences that, that surrounded this thing. Okay, now I want to use this as a point this morning. It, it, I, I purposefully picked this because for whatever reason in the church, this has such power. It, it, people, people get so freaked out over what I would consider elementary things. Now, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that if you don't like this or you whatever, you can have whatever feelings you would like about it. But there's a greater point that I want to make this morning, and that is this, is that Paul is saying that if you are entrusting anyone else to tell you, Javen, should I drink this beer? Should I not drink this beer? Is God mad about it if I drink beer? If you get into those, all of those thoughts, you can get way off course when actually it's not about beer. That's, that's such a stupid thing, if you don't mind me saying it's more about relationship with God. It's sitting with him and talking to your father saying, Father, should I drink that beer? Did you know he'll talk to you? He'll tell you? Did you know that it may not be the same answer as the person sitting next to you? We all have different, I don't know, strengths and weaknesses and walk through this life in different ways. But God is in all of us and he leads us and he guides us. And he, with him, you don't need a list of rights and wrongs and rules because you have his life in you. You now understand all of these things, and in fact, you're led this way. Look at what Paul says. He continues. He goes, look, so also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of this world. Do you, do you understand that if, if you become a believer, 
And then you also try to merge the law back into your life. You're like, okay, now I can keep it. Now I can do this. Do you realize that you're, you're subjecting yourself to slavery? You're putting yourself back under something? It's totally, totally counterintuitive to this world. This, this elemental things is what I want to talk about this morning for a little while. Now, to the Jew and the Gentile, these are very different things. To the Gentile, it, it may have been paganism and, and all kinds of weird things. And for the Jew, it was the law, and, 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 and we know what's right and what's wrong and all of that. But listen to this. When the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Okay, when the fullness of the time came, do you know what that means? It means that when one time frame ended, one era ended, one entire understanding of life, if you will, in this case, ended, a new one began. On the cross, what you were seeing was the entire race of Adam, all that had come, all the things that Adam did great, and all the things that you and I did bad, all of that was there at the end of an age. And a beginning of a new age was beginning. The beginning of the sons or daughters of God, the children of God were being born. Like this is incredible. This is a totally different thing that I don't believe many in the church really understand. Galatians 4, 6-7. Look, because you are sons, get this. God sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave but a son, and if a son, an heir through God. Okay, hold on a minute. This is not making any sense, because the way I was taught this, it goes like this, is that you go to God, you apologize for all of your sins, you sit with him, you feel really bad, by the way, that's important. You feel really, really bad about it. The life comes in, you cleans up everything, and now, now I'm this new thing. Now I'm a son of God because of this. That's not what that just said. Did you catch that? Because you are sons, then God sent his spirit into your heart. He transformed you and then resurrected you into this spirit life. You and I, he's going to say, are not a part of this world anymore. So why do we keep seeing things like as if we're a part of this world? Like why do we keep, why does the church keep getting hung up on the same thing? Well, it's because we don't realize we're not a part of this world. We're not a part of this system at all. At the fullness of time this happened, we became sons and daughters of God. You received this adoption. And everything we do now is from the heart. I love this. He's, reading, he's talking to the Galatians, and he's saying, listen, this was never the plan. So many things that you guys think is the plan, the things that you're trying to go back to in the law, the things you're trying to go back to in celebrating the feast, and all of these different things, it's not that it's right or wrong as much as it is you're putting yourself back in, in a mindset of slavery. You're putting yourself back under something. Let me, let me give you an example. How many people do you know that you meet, and they say, oh, I just... I can't wait for heaven. I just want to worship at the feet of Jesus, you know? And it sounds great until you really begin to think about how weird that is, okay? I am never going to go to my brothers and get down on my knees and, and worship at their feet. Like, that's just strange. Now, I get that Jesus is God. I get all this. God, in fact, is not insecure. <laughs> he knows who he is. He's not concerned about that one bit. Can I tell you that that sounds great? But Jesus didn't need a bunch of people worshiping at his feet. He wanted brothers and sisters. He wanted family. He wanted people to experience this life that, oh, by the way, he created with. <laughs> How about, God, I'm going to give you all of it. I'm going to give you, I'm going to go all in. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to give, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you. And Paul says, you know you don't serve a God who needs anything, right? What are you giving him? <laughs> I'll give you my, my, my worship, my heart. You know, he can make rocks cry out. Like, he doesn't need this. 
No, we are receivers, not transmitters, right? We're not the ones creating the broadcast. We're the ones receiving the broadcast. And what you and I get to do is whatever we've received, we get to go give away. And so you get good news downloaded, and you go, awesome, I got good news. And why would we go out and share anything other than good news? Like, why would you not go out and just say, well, there's a lot of things in this world I don't understand. There's a lot of things I could sit around and wrestle with you all day long on, but I could tell you right now, I do have good news. And Paul said what that good news sounded like when he wrote the Ephesians. He says, listen, this was a planned adoption that, that started before anything ever was. God began to plan this idea of, of adopting us, he said. And he wanted to uh, do all of this based on his kindness. Do you want to know how good God is, how kind God is, is that he laid his own life down for you and for me, knowing full well everything you would ever do your, your whole life or not do. And God loves you and laid down his life for you. And in fact... Scripture will continue to say that he values you and me as his inheritance. Let me, let me ask you, what do you have to do to get your inheritance? Well, on this planet, there could be some stipulations, but generally nothing. You inherited it. <laughs> I didn't do anything. It was given to me. And here's the awesome thing. God looks at you as his inheritance. He, you were given to him by who? The Father. What he did, you were his inheritance. And he uses the surpassing greatness of his power, Scripture says, to protect you, to seal you with the Spirit, he says, so that nothing can ever change. All things are under his feet, and God has put the fullness of himself on full display, and he places all of that in you and me. Like, we are not of this world by any, by any stretch. We are something totally, totally different. Look at what Paul, he continues in verse 8. He goes, look, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those which by nature are no gods. Okay, put, put this into any kind of framework in your own life. Okay, maybe this doesn't mean a whole lot to you at all. Put this in any kind of framework where you understand what he just said, that these things are not gods, and yet you are putting yourself in a position where you are a slave to something that is not God. He says, that's ridiculous. He goes, look, now that you've come to know God, or rather, if you want to think correctly, Paul says, or be known by God. Like, that's the thing. You're known by God. How is it you turn back again to the weak and worthless elemental things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again? He's not talking about beer, by the way. You observe days, here it is, months, seasons, and years. Oh, man, y'all's issue's not beer or alcoholism or whatever. Your issues aren't that at all. You guys are celebrating days and months and weeks and years. And all of us in the room are going, what? <laughs> like, what was wrong? What's going on? Well, you guys know what these things represent, right? They're the things in the Jewish custom, what they understood. All of these different things we'll look at in just a moment. But at the fullness of the time, all of that stuff was wrapped up in Jesus. Jesus said, okay, one age is now ending and another is coming to be. The age of grace had come. You know, the law is no longer how you interact with God. The law is no longer how you learn about God. The law is no longer this, this way that we know God. Instead, the age of grace has come, and now it's about being known by God. It's the opposite way around. Everything is the opposite way around with him. John 13, 35, by this, Jesus said, All men will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. If you love people, and where does that love come from? It comes from the Spirit. It comes from within you. Man, just looking at this family right here, like at what point in time would any number of us ever get together in the same room and do it like this? Except we love each other. I actually love all of you. I hope you love me, but I love y'all. 
And I, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, it's so unique. It's so interesting. Like, we don't necessarily have to agree on anything. And yet, I look around the room and I go, man, I love these people. This is, my, this is the body of Christ. What a phenomenal thing. Something has changed. So Church of Galatia, listen. You're observing the days. You're observing the Sabbath. You're keeping it holy. You're, 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 you're abstaining from foods and things. And you're doing all of this stuff. And it doesn't, it, it actually is, is keeping you in a place of immaturity. It's keeping you in a place where you can't ever just grow past the elemental things of this world. It's keeping you in this mindset. And listen, as an encouragement to you today. If you have a list of things that, oh, God wants me to, dun, 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 I got to observe this and do that and no, no, no. I'm just letting you know you, you are enslaved in your thinking. You're still being, you're promoting immaturity in, in your mind. And look at, look at what Paul says in Colossians. He says this to everybody. Therefore, nobody is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. There he goes. He's listing off these things the Galatians were also struggling with. Things where they're a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Don't you remember Jesus sat in front of him and he goes, man, you guys are obsessed with the temple. Like, look at the temple. Isn't it great? He goes, I'm greater than the temple. I'm standing right in front of you. You can't even see it. The Sabbath? I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. He goes, I made the Sabbath for you. You guys don't ever stop. You don't ever stop working. <laughs> You'll keep working until you just die. And God says, well, I'm going to make a day then to give you all a break. He did it for you. He's the Lord of the Sabbath, and he created this for you and me. And do you understand that's in you now? <laughs> all of that. All of that is in you and I now. Verse 20, if you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why? As if you were living in the world, do you submit yourself to decrees such as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch? Okay, I'm not saying this morning that nothing matters. Like, just go do whatever you want. That's the opposite of what I'm saying. I'm saying we have a relationship with God now. We don't need a list of rules. We don't need, uh, we have God now. You can walk with him. You know, Paul would go on to say, some of you guys, you're fasting, you're tearing your clothes, you're doing all these outward displays uh, to demonstrate um, your uh, effort to God, if you will. And he says that this is, this is all immaturity. Like, this is not the way things are supposed to be as a child or a, an heir of God. These are all philosophies, empty deception, he says, traditions of men. Look at what he wrote Titus instead. And listen, I love this passage of Scripture. You may want to just put this somewhere where you can see it all the time. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. And I think that's the longest sentence like ever written, commas everywhere. But Paul had so much to say. <laughs> He's saying, listen, the grace of God has appeared, and it did everything that the law never could. You could put on the law, do not drink beer, and it would cause everybody to want to drink beer, even those of you in the room that you go, I don't want to ever touch this stuff. Because that's what it does. It promotes immaturity. <laughs> but grace appeared, causing us to no longer to desire not beer, but that what it represents, to not desire the, the, the things of this world anymore. You don't have a taste for any of it. You, you want to love people, even when they're mean to you. Like, we're, we're, we're weird people. 
And that comes because we have these desires that are counterintuitive to the world. Lean into it. Lean into who you are. <laughs> Lean into those, those thoughts of, can I go love that person or forgive that person? Yes, because the grace of God appeared. And God purified you 100%. He made you born of the Spirit, a child of God. You, you can't be any more perfect. Spiritually speaking, you can't. So wake up tomorrow into a new day where you've moved past all of the elemental things of the world, all of the religious ideas of the world. And I'm going to give you a great example of it. Okay, maybe beer's not your thing. Maybe you don't even understand this example. Okay, how about Easter? All right, I'm going to offend somebody this morning. Look, I, I love Easter. I love, I, love, I love putting the photo booth out there and the family time, and we'll have a great time, and maybe we'll get some food together. And, all right, all that's wonderful, and I'm not saying we cancel Easter. But Easter is weird. When have you ever heard a pastor say this? Easter's weird, you guys. I'm going to tell you why it's weird. Christmas is weird. Okay, for one day of the year, I'm going to walk through those doors and all of a sudden go, today we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. I'm like, of course not. Like, that's every day, right? It's his life living. I celebrate resurrected life every time I wake up in the morning and breathe and I go, oh, man, I'm resurrected. I, I am a new creation. So, yes, Easter's weird. I come in going, wait, we celebrate my birthday every, every day, but we're going to do it like today is the big one? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Right? Now, I'm not saying you don't get rid of Easter or whatever. The point is, is this. Easter's not for y'all. Easter is for them. Easter's for the world to come in and see and peer into like, oh my gosh, look at how great this all is and look at what God is. It's, it, it's a way to just invite and to celebrate what we and I celebrate every single day anyway. Okay? So that's what I'm saying is that tomorrow you and I can wake up where the elemental things of this world, a holiday, uh, a, a celebration, uh, whatever thing of this world, it's not about any of that. It's about what it all represents. You know, in Hebrews 5, the writer of Hebrews is so frustrated. <laughs> and he's trying to write these guys. And he goes, man, can I tell you something? By now, I would love to be telling you all about how Mel Melchizedek and, like, Jesus and all this, like, this, this time travel kind of stuff. Like, I mean, this guy wants to get deep. You know, he wants to show how God was doing all this cool stuff. And he, like, I can't do that, though, with you guys. Because like, I, can't, I can't even talk to you guys about the cool stuff. He goes, because you guys still don't even understand the other stuff. He goes, look, by this time you ought to be teachers, he says, in Hebrews 5. He goes, but you still need someone to teach you the elementary things of this world. You, you don't even understand what those things uh, represented. You, you, don't, you don't get it. He goes, solid food is for the mature. And so he continues in Hebrews 6. Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God, of instruction about washings and laying on of hands and resurrection of the dead, blah, 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 blah. He says, look, this is all the old elementary school stuff. Man, did you catch it in there? Even in that list is Christ. <laughs> the, the idea of salvation, the idea of all of this was, is, is the beginning. It's kindergarten. And how many believers stay in kindergarten? Because they go, oh, man, I got Jesus now. I'm good. The, 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 the trials of life come, all this stuff comes and destroys you. And you're like, I don't understand. Well, hold on a minute. Like, maybe there's more than just kindergarten. <laughs> maybe there's first grade. Maybe there's college. Maybe there's, maybe there's an idea here that, that you can understand God more and more and more as you grow to the point that it, it comes to a point. I was talking to some the other day. We were talking about hearing God's voice, which we're going to do some uh, talking about soon. And, and, and for me, at this point, it's, it's more of an ongoing nudge every single day all the time. Like, I, I hear him. I sense him all the time. Is that how you live? Well, guess what? God doesn't love me more than you. <laughs> He's talking to you too. 
And so there's a training, there's an understanding here in, in what the writer of Hebrews is saying. Listen, uh, I'm talking not to Christians. He's talking to people that are brand new or they don't know or they don't understand. Because look at what he says, Hebrews 6, uh, 9, he goes, look, but believers, we have heard better things about you. So although I wish I could talk about the deeper stuff, right, Easter is for inviting people in, and the idea is, yes, it is basic because we want to get to the really cool stuff, which is life by the Spirit. Like, that's when stuff gets real. I want to show you this picture. Take a look at this picture. It's from Washington, D.C. Leslie Chambers took this picture. Isn't that lovely? Okay, there it is. Uh, Law alone can give us freedom. (laughs) Wow, that's engraved on a building. Law alone can give us freedom. See, we're a republic, and so we're, we're big on law, you know? We're big on law, and this is what, though, a lot of believers believe. <laughs> law alone gives me my freedom. God, you got to give me the gate, you know, put me in the lane, you know, then, I, then I'll be safe and I'll be good. And that, that'll give me freedom, even though you, you're being trapped in, <laughs> right? The elementary principles of this world are less than the elementary principles of Christ, like understanding him, which is less than life in the spirit where you and I live every single day. When you wake up every single day, you are not a slave to anything because you died. You don't live in this world anymore. Now, whatever hang-ups you have or whatever fears you're facing, whatever it is, remember, you're not of this world. What, what are you doing? <laughs> wake up. Wake up. Look, Galatians 4.12, I beg you, brothers. Become as I am. Don't be immature, he's saying. For I also have become as you are. You've done me no wrong, but you know that it was because of a bodily illness that I preached the gospel to you the first time, and and that which was a trial to you in my bodily condition you did not despise or loathe, but you received me as an angel of God, as Christ himself. Where then is that sense of blessing you had? For I bear witness that if possible you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me. So if I become your enemy by telling you the truth, (laughs) see, this is what happens when you try to live by any other tree, when you try to live by anything that's knowledge-based. These guys, these Judaizers were were puffed up with knowledge. You know, oh, we got the answers, you know. We got all the answers. And meanwhile, the poor Galatians were being manipulated. This is what happens when you leave grace. You, you, You lose your sense of how great God is. You suddenly get back into this place where you go, man, maybe it's me. Like, I, I need to do this, or I need to go, go forgive this person. I, there's something hanging God up, and it's me, you know? That's what happens when you leave grace. Look, we will all treat others the way we believe God treats us. If you believe God loves you and all that, oh, you're going to have no problem walking around going, okay, I'm loved by God. Like, who am I not going to go love? But if you believe that God doesn't love you, or he can leave you or forsake you based off of well, how well you're keeping up with the law and sins and all this stuff, uh, you're going you're gonna to treat people that same way. Because if you truly experience grace, if you truly experience the love of God, it changes you. You can't help it. Paul's saying, he goes, listen, <laughs> be a Jew like me who doesn't keep the law, <laughs> who doesn't uh, observe the law is what he's saying. Instead of a Gentile trying to become a Jew. He goes, you guys have missed it. And he says there's an actual reason why these guys are trying to dupe you into this. And he says it in Galatians 4, 17 through 20, which will wrap up our time today. They eagerly seek you, he says. Not commendably, but they wish wish to shut you out so that you will seek them. Look, this is what what will happen every time in any kind of religious setting. In any kind of, um, it's, it's power. It comes down to power. You know, 
pay $20 and then I'll give you the secrets to success. You know, that's exactly what this is. It, it's saying, I have all of the answers. We as the Judaizers have all of the answers and we're going to just go ahead and say that y'all are not included so that you come pound on our doors and say, please let us in. And Paul's saying, why do you want to be a slave? Like, you're not enslaved to these people. You're not enslaved to anybody. <laughs> Man, you are, you have Christ in you. He continues, it's, it's always good to be eagerly sought in a commendable manner. And, and not only when I am present with you, by the way, Paul's dropping a little hint there. He goes, notice I come to you guys and I'm not here for anything from you. I'm not asking you for things. I'm coming to give you things. My children, again, he calls them my children. These are his believers with whom I again am in labor until Christ is formed in you. In other words, that you would understand what you have. But I could wish to be present with you now and to change my tone. In other words, I'm sorry for calling you all stupid. I'm just a little upset is what he's saying. He goes, look, if I was with you, I wouldn't be able to do that. But I am instead perplexed about you. Don't be ashamed of having to unlearn something. <laughs> There's many things that I held on to, banners in the air, saying, oh, this is the truth. But now I go, oh, man. Don't be, don't be ashamed of having to unlearn something. You and I are not learning about what it's like to become a Christian, okay? We're not learning that in some religious sense, in the sense that you go, okay, to be a Christian, we got to go to church, i got to read my Bible, i got to pray, I need to take communion, I need to be a part of a life group probably of some kind, I probably should be a storyteller, I need to give. I need, that's, none of that is at all what we're talking about. You, you and I are not learning from God how to be a good Christian. <laughs> You're learning what it means to be a child of God, an heir through God. See, if you picture a filter, all of your life went through the filter and none of it came out on the other side. <laughs> God just decided, nope, we're going to give you something brand new on the other side. And so you have this brand new life that you and I get to enjoy. We start over as children of God. Anything that isn't grace causes you to believe something about God that's not true is enslaving you. It's keeping you locked up in your thinking. Anybody who ever tries to share with you that you can lose this, lose your salvation, lose your blessing, lose your whatever, they don't know it, but they're enslaved. You're, you're, don't listen to that. <laughs> Instead, if I could give you a word of advice, go, go share some good news. Alan said it this morning. I think that was the spirit. I think, I think that is the idea, is that we would take this incredible news because we're children of God and just go share that with the world and watch what happens. Watch how lives are transformed in a way that the law never could do. Watch how people go from needing to be told, well, what should I do? What's the, what's the answer? to all of a sudden going, Pastor, I, I'm just walking with God, and I, I forgot all about this. I forgot all about the uh, stuff. I, he's so good. There are so many things in my own personal life that are missing, <laughs> things that were not great, and I didn't ever, ever worked on it. They just vanished, right? Because my eyesight over the past few years, at least, have been pretty focused on Jesus, just looking at him, going, all right, that's who I am. I got that life in me, and that's you too. Because you are an heir through God. Remind yourself as often as you need to. <laughs> Lord, we, uh, we love you. Oh, man. No more elemental things. No more things to hold us 
uh, as slaves, no more things to hold us in bondage, no more things to lock up our thinking. You set us free by making us like your son. Lord, I pray this morning for every person that somewhere in their thinking is being held hostage. Lord, I pray that your light would flood that space right now in Jesus' name. Anybody here this morning, Lord, who feels uh, condemned, guilty, shame, I pray that the light of the Lord would flood all of those thoughts right now in Jesus' name. Lord, your church, the greater church, has to grow up. (laughs) And we can, thanks to you, thanks to that life that's in us. Lord, we celebrate you this morning.